Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lees. And on today's episode, into a special edition of Murder Monday on a Tuesday, we're diving into the little-known Brighton Trunk Murders. In 1934, several trunks were discovered containing human remains. Who were the women, and would the killer ever be caught? Brighton has had its fair share of media publicity for many reasons. It's a small seaside town. It's home to quaint alleys, antique shops, and wild nightlife. The large proportion of LGBTQ members means that it is the pride day to attend. Brighton also has a darker side. It was a backdrop to Graham Greene's book, Brighton Rock, a gritty murder set in the 1930s. It was also the host of many mods and rocker battles. One of the incidents it's most famous for is the first location of the Trump killer, which the media dubbed the Brighton Trunk Murders. June 6, 1934 was a sunny day. The home football team Brighton and Hove took on local rivals Crystal Palace. A person walked into the railway station in Brighton and deposited a wooden trunk with the luggage department. Two weeks later, the luggage supervisor, William Joseph, was disturbed by work's strange and unpleasant smell. He located that smell coming from a wooden trunk. Calling the police, Chief Inspector Donaldson was quick to arrive and open the trunk. Wrapped in brown paper was the torso of a woman. The detective guessed that the woman looked approximately 40 years old. Shortly after this, on June 17th, in King's Cross Station, another trunk had started to smell. Again, the police were called and the trunk opened. Inside this trunk were two two legs and feet, wrapped identically to the torso. It did not take long for authorities to identify that the feet and legs belonged to the same body. 
However, it was impossible to identify the woman without the hands and head. Sir Bernard Spilsbury carried out the postmortem and concluded that the person who had dismembered the body had some experience in anatomy, but was not an expert. He also concluded that the woman was in her late 20s, not 40. She was five months pregnant when she was killed and had died shortly before June 6th. Examination of her skin made him conclude that she was from a middle-class society. The media named the woman Pretty Feet after an elegant dancer's feet. Police identified Dr. Edward Messiah as a possible suspect for the murder. He was an abortionist of a varied reputation. The police decided to put him under observation, but instead, a local policeman decided to tell him. As a result, Messiah moved from Brighton to London, where he killed a woman performing an abortion, but was never prosecuted. He was also never formally identified as a suspect in the murder of Pretty Feet. Apart from this one suspect, the police had nothing further. Instead, they asked the public for help to identify the woman, asking friends to come forward if their friends were missing. They were especially keen to speak to people who may have seen the man who deposited the trunk. A third trunk would be found one month after King's Cross. This time, though, it had been left in a local flat. A painter had smelled something strange in one of the flats he was working near and contacted the police. Once again, the police responded. It was unclear why they put the property under observation for 48 hours before entering. When they finally broke into the flat, they found the smell coming from a black trunk. Was this the head and the hands of the victim to help identify her? This was the body of a third woman, completely unrelated to the first. This woman's body was complete, and she had been beaten around the head. The police looked into the tent in the flat and found it registered to 26-year-old Tony Mancini. However, Mancini was nowhere to be found. On July 18th, he was apprehended in London and brought back to Brighton for questioning. Then the police discovered that Mancini was the alias for Cecil Lewis, England, a low-level criminal. He had come up, to come up on the police radar after the first trunk was found, but it was discovered that he could not have dropped both trunks off, so he was released. The woman's body was identified as 44-year-old Violet Kay. She had been the girlfriend of Mancini and was a known prostitute. On May 10th, 1934, Mancini worked as a security guard at the Skylark Cafe on the seafront. Kay had been intoxicated when she stormed into the cafe and accused Mancini of having an affair with a teenage waitress. Kay was never seen alive again. Mancini decided to come clean. He said he had returned to 44 Park Crescent to find Kay dead on the bed. The area was high class and Kay had been making a good career as a prostitute. Mancini, fearing that the police would think he had done the murder, brought a truck to store her body in. They moved it to Kemp Street where he used to live. Then he fled to London. The authorities were not convinced and charged Mancini with the murder of Violet Kay. There was nothing to tie him to the first trunk murder, though. In December 1934, the case came to trial. Mancini's lawyers built their defense on the fact that Kay had been found with a large quantity of morphine in her system and was a regular user. The trial lasted five days, and the jury took over two hours to that Mancini was not guilty of the murder of Kay. There were no other suspects for the murder. In a shocking twist to this story, on November 29, 1976, Mancini admitted to a reporter for the News of the World that he had killed Kay. He could now no longer be tried for the case. 
he explained that the couple had argued and that Kay had attacked him with a hammer, which he kept by the fireplace to break coal. Mancini said he had wrestled the hammer from her, but she had demanded it back. So he hit her on the left temple when he threw it, killing her. The murder of the woman in the first trunks has never been solved, and her identity is still a mystery. Let us know your thoughts on, the, on this case in the comments section below. As always, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring a new host, be able to pay them. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.